Hey there, welcome to the Moving Up Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Wilson. I'm here to dish out practical advice to help you elevate your business and your life. I'm the CEO of the Wilson Group Real Estate Services here in Nashville, Tennessee. So you know we're going to be covering ground in the real estate industry. But you'll also be hearing from expert leaders in the personal development and entrepreneurship communities. So pull up a seat because we're about to have a lot of fun. It's time for you to move up. We're here to talk today about the changes we've seen in the marketplace over the past 10 years. And when I say 10 years, probably from 2011 to 2021, even though we're sitting here early of 2022, that's a good decade of time to talk about. And man, have there been changes. There have. Like my head sometimes, I know people get sick of me saying it, it feels like it's really going to spin off sometimes. Right, right. And I was just pulling some of the data before we started to record just to kind of, in my mind, kind of set the stage of where we were and where we are now. So just looking at Davidson County, which mm-hmm. is where, you know, we are now, the average single family home was $206,000 for Davidson County. In 2011. 2011. They sold about 5800 units, mm-hmm. closed that many homes that year, and the days on market was 70. Mm-hmm. Okay, so 2011. And that sounds short. <laughs> yeah. 70 days seems short for 2011, but we were just starting to come out of the recession in 2011. And I remember January 1st, almost of 2012, it was like we had shot out of a cannon. The recession, we were just done. Mm-hmm. And Nashville was just like, woo, let's go. And from 2011 to today, it just has not stopped. Wow. So that was then. What would you then. find for now? Yeah. So 2021, get ready. The average single family home, $538,000. Was this just Davidson County or was this, this just all Davidson of County. real tracks? So just Nashville Just area. Nashville, Davidson yeah. County. Okay, just gotcha. Davidson County. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then units sold was 12474 over double yep. Yep. of the units sold in 2011. Yep. And then days on market, 14. Yeah. I... And it's probably really less than that. (laughs) Well, now, yeah, Yeah, for sure. You know what would be interesting, too, is to look at the inventory numbers in 2011 versus Mm -hmm. uh, 2021. I should have pulled those. Oh, no, no, no no biggie (laughs) at all. I'm just curious because I just remember that we've always just been so flush with inventory up until the past two, three. Well, we really started getting into an inventory issue about four years ago and then into a crisis two years ago. Mm -hmm. And just trying to remember... Like back in 10 and 11, there always seemed to be about anywhere from 16 to 18,000 units on the market. And now what we're looking at is somewhere 4,000 mm-hmm. units on the market. And that's not Davidson County. That's all of Real Tracks, and which encompasses all of Middle Tennessee when we're looking at that, all those surrounding counties. Mm-hmm. So the inventory is significantly different on whatever day you look at it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's look a little closer. Okay. I have a few questions I'd like to ask you, throw your way. So what would you say are the biggest changes between 2011 and now, other than the data that we just discussed? Sure. Well, number one, data wasn't even that readily available. I mean, we had it, but it's so much better now. The biggest difference was you could go on MLS Mm -hmm. and 
you, say you're working with some clients that weekend. You're going to work on Saturday and Sunday together. And you would look and see what was available. And there was usually anywhere from 10 to 15 homes available on a Wednesday is when you'd start really searching. You would email that to them. Say, hey, we've got these. Choose your top five to seven. Let's hit those first. And if you don't like any of those, we'll hit, hit the second half on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And so they would choose them. I would say probably 90% of the time, everything was still available by the time you got there on the weekend. If they found one they liked, we would go back for a second showing. <laughs> what is How that? How crazy is that? <laughs> they did not have to make a decision, a split second decision. They could sleep on it, go for a second showing. And then we could put together the offer that we felt would represent the where they would get the best deal and be still be a win-win with a buyer and seller. Right, right. Now, is that a full price offer? Rarely. 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 Yeah. yeah. You would come in, you know, I would say somewhere 3 to 10% less than asking, depending on the price point and depending mm-hmm. on the comps. Back then, you would go look at your comparable sales six months, sometimes to a year, because mm-hmm. things were on the market so long. Right. So, for instance, today, actually, you can't even look at comps. Because it's almost like, well, do you want the house? Yeah. If it feels like it's priced right, then let's go 10 or 20% over asking, 25 or 30% over asking. Right. That's the difference in today's market is that you can't even really be looking backwards. Mm-hmm. And if you do, you're going to go three months back and then put an appreciation factor onto that number. Yeah. So you could study the comps, go in with an offer that seemed legitimate to, and you would do the back and forth. There was no problem having an appraisal contingency, right. having a home inspection contingency. After the home inspection, you would ask for repairs for the seller to do. The repair proposal. The repair proposal, <laughs> yes. And, what is um, that? <laughs> I, I am grateful, though, right now that things are as is. It makes it easier for everybody. It does. It does. Yeah. But those are the big, I mean, having time and having options. Right. And doing I mean, what we call today is old school real estate, where you would really negotiate back and forth between buyer and seller, depending Mm -hmm. on whom you were representing at that time. Right, Mm -hmm. right. And let's talk about some other differences when it comes to writing the offer. Timeline, strategy, how has that changed? Sure. So your timelines back then, rarely did you submit a pre-approval letter with the offer. The offer was written, buyer to supply pre-approval letter within two or three business days of contract acceptance. Right. So it had you time to call the lender and say, hey, they're putting an offer on this address. Can you make that I remember that. To that, that was address? five years ago when I started. Right. We were doing that. Yeah. And now the difference is if you don't submit a pre-approval letter or a proof of funds letter, if your buyer is a cash buyer, at the time of offer, you go to the bottom of the pile. Sure. Right. If it's a multiple offer situation. Mm-hmm. And it seems like probably eight times out of 10, you're going to be in a multiple offer situation today. Mm -hmm. Rarely were you in a multiple offer situation in 2011. Right. There were some, but it was very, very rare. So the other timeline that was different was you would see anywhere probably from 10 to 14 days to do a home inspection. Mm -hmm. And now if there is a home inspection, you typically see five days or less. Sure. To get that inspection done. You had what was called a resolution period after the inspection, which meant after your buyer had a home inspection, you would submit your list of repairs that you were requesting for the seller to complete, and you would negotiate back and forth on what those repairs would be. And you had a typically a three to five day window to negotiate repairs. Not do repairs, but just negotiate those right, repairs. Right, right. And now that's, you don't have that. There was not, I don't think there was a window of time where the appraisal had to be done, mm-hmm. whereas now it's a 14 day window. It's a 14 day window. Mm-hmm. And then closing. 
Yeah, That's closing. Yeah, so there were so few cash sales mm-hmm. back then. Just about everything had a loan contingency on there. So you were always somewhere between 30, 45 days on a closing. You could you'd sometimes see a 21-day closing. The cash sales have shortened that, you know, to a two-week, three-week. Heck, last week I closed one. We were under contract for five days, and we closed. We got a wow. We bound on Monday, and then we closed on Friday. Whoa! Yeah, that was one of the fastest, quickest ones I had done mm-hmm. for thirty-three percent over asking. Whoa! Yeah, it was a clear winner on yeah. that, that multiple offer. I think this conversation is going to be great for all the new agents in Middle Tennessee yeah. because I was just having a conversation with a newer agent, and they said repair proposal. I'm going to have to go back and get retrained on all of that. Yeah. Do you think we'll see a time where some of these things will come back? Yeah. I mean, one thing that real estate teaches us is, you know, grass doesn't grow under our feet and it continues to change mm-hmm. and it goes back, it goes forward. I would love it if the repair proposal did not come back and where a buyer went in, made the offer, did their inspection and said, I want it or I don't want it. The repair negotiation gets so it really creates a bit of a strain Mm -hmm. in the contract or in that whole process from contract to close. Whereas now we don't have that. But when the market shifts again, and when I'm saying a significant shift, honest to goodness, I'm I'm thinking eight to 10 years out. I think we are that far out before we get to where buyer and seller are negotiating a ton of repairs, just because the inventory situation Mm -hmm. is such, we're getting inventory, but we keep getting more and more people here. Right. And it looks like it's going to be that way for another five to eight years. I agree. You know, short of something that we just can't foresee. But I used to say, short of a global something, I don't know what that global is. Well, then a pandemic happened. Right. And then I'm like, well, short of, you know, a bombing. Well, then we got bombed. Yeah. You know, there's nothing really that's stopping. And I'm not wearing a Pollyanna hat to say, mm-hmm. oh my God, it's never going to end because it will end. Yeah. We never thought we'd see the great recession. We knew a recession would come mm-hmm. and a price correction would come. We just didn't know the bottom would fall out. But what's different then too, when you looked at the country and you looked at Nashville, on average, Nashville's appreciation or values drop 15%. But in certain areas, like in this area we're in right now, it dropped 5%. Mm-hmm. Whereas areas like Antioch, parts of Bellevue, Hermitage, Madison, they dropped about 35%. So it all balanced out at about 15% is where we dropped. Whereas you looked at a Las Vegas that dropped you right. know, 60% or parts of Florida. Mm-hmm. So if we see a super recession, I think it's going to be insignificant. Like if people think they're paying too much now, I don't think they are. I think we're going to keep going up, but just not at double digits. You know, I think our appreciation will ratchet back down to a normal level of appreciation. Right, right. Sorry, I probably got us off track there, No, Heather. no, no, no. So I have another question for okay, you. Okay, good. <laughs> okay. So this is back to working with buyers. Okay. Okay. So how many listings before 2021 had you represented a buyer where they purchased the property and they'd never seen the property? Two. Two. Just mm-hmm. two. Just two. How I, has that changed? I mean, last year I probably had just in 2021 alone, four or five that bought sight unseen. Yeah. And I tell you, that's a nail biter for a realtor. Yes. Because we can only see through our eyes and we can smell what we can smell. Mm-hmm. They may have a sharper sniffer than us, or they may have less of a sniffer. Yes. Or, you know, so when you video a home for somebody or FaceTime, I mean, you're just giving 
as much as you can. And I learned also because I used to just do videos and last year I was FaceTiming. <laughs> my clients would get motion sickness because, you know, we're walking oh, around, yeah. we're moving our phone <laughs> yeah. around. Like, oh my God, look at that. Look at that. And then you're whipping it around. And, Whoa, I got it. <laughs> and your client would say, I got to quit looking because yeah. they would. It was too much. It was too much. So I learned just to do little video snippets. I uh-huh. do, you know, 30 second snippets because when a video is too big, you can't, I, I was having it. a difficult time sharing it. So yeah. it's just like, okay, here's our first three rooms. Here's our next three rooms. Here's the yard. Yeah. And that became a good thing. And then we would talk it through. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And luckily, my sight unseen buyers are still so happy. And they have all done very well in their appreciation. Yeah. Because everyone in Middleton is everyone, the, for the most part in the country, is sharing an appreciation right now. Hi, I'm Harry Allen, co-founder and chief relationship officer of Studio Bank. Studio Bank is passionate about what our members create, and we're here to support you through the process. We provide capital and services to build businesses. We offer mortgage and home loan options, whether you're a first-time home buyer or purchasing your fifth home. We work with artists to reach their audiences. We help nonprofits transform our community. And often, the most important work we do is simply empowering individuals to pursue their dreams. We're here because what you create matters. Let's create something together. Visit studiobank.com, member FDIC, equal housing lender, NMLS number 176-1767. Let's talk about appreciation. Okay. And the increases that we have seen in the last 10 years. Unbelievable. Well, like I said, Nashville shot out of the recession like a cannonball coming out of a cannon. Mm -hmm. It was like a light switch flipped on and we were back in business. Mm -hmm. And the appreciation started in 2012 like nobody's business. By 2015, we were seeing multiple offers all the time, something we had seen some of but not a ton of. And then in 2018, it really started feeling like it was slowing down. And then Amazon made this huge announcement. Yeah. And then everything went crazy again. And then late 19, we started feeling another like, oh, it's... And then Oracle, although not an announcement, said, oh, we're thinking about Nashville. Mm -hmm. And then the pandemic hit, and we just haven't looked back and have gone into those consistent double digits. Right. So is there something about the 2011 market that you wish would return? Inventory. Yeah. I would love love inventory (laughs) to return. And I would love to feel like our community and the realtor community were more collaborative again. Mm -hmm. We have so many new people in the business who are transactional and not relational and Nashville real estate community. Our industry has always had this strong relationship with each other. We know the other agents out there. We've gotten to know them through realtor events and work together for the good of both of our clients because we both keep our hats on for whom we're representing, yet we get that it's a win when both parties have a meeting of mind. Sure. Right? And we get both parties to the closing. I feel like sometimes it's so much more transactional than Mm -hmm. relational, and that positive collaboration is not as present as it used to be. I do miss that. Right. I think people have lost the ability to slow down themselves. Yeah. And they'll get wrapped up in the moment. Yeah. I mean... You're looking at me. What yeah. are you saying? No, I'm just kidding. 
I move fast. She does move very fast. I think we've mentioned that a time or two. <laughs> and I move much slower. And I love Heather. We were at um, Nashville, Greater Nashville Realtors, Heather Nashonomics, and I ran into so many realtors there. And they're like, we love your podcast and we love Heather. She is so calm and soothing. I'm like, so what are you trying to say about me? No. But Heather is such a gem. I am so, oh, so lucky. I love doing this with you. You're it is just, fun. We we have a good time. We have we're a good, good balance. We are. We, <laughs> we are. are good balance with each other. Okay. All right. So let's talk about buyer's remorse. We've talked about people buying sight unseen, the prices they're paying, having to make a decision on the first showing. What in the world is the second showing that doesn't exist anymore? Yeah. Do you think there are buyers out there that have buyer's remorse? I do because I have resold some houses. Luckily, they haven't been my client, but I've taken a buyer to these homes. And when Mm -hmm. I asked the agent why the seller is selling, their buyer got in there at that time and just they needed more space or it wasn't the right location. You know, it was someone moving from out of town. And so they had buyer's remorse. There was a Zillow report that says 75% of buyers in 2021 were dissatisfied with their purchase. Yeah. I haven't had... I don't think many of my buyers, but Mm -hmm. I don't work with that many buyers. Mine are mostly sellers. Right. So it is a thing. And I think in, I read an article where it was called Zoom Towns. Mm -hmm. In these Zoom Towns where people are mass exodusing these states for a variety of reasons and coming to our state because they know they can work remotely. So they're always on Zooms. I think they move thinking they're going to get this idyllic life and then get here and, oh, guess what? It's crowded. Oh, guess what? It's not all that and a bologna sandwich sometimes. So I think that causes some dissatisfaction or they really needed more space or the configuration should be different or they got two dogs during COVID and now they need a yard instead Mm -hmm. of that cool townhome they got. Right. So a, a lot of reasons. Making decisions quickly. Making decisions quickly. And that's the name of the game, though. You do have to make that decision quickly. I think a lot of buyers lose out on their first three to five offers because either they can't make the decision quickly or they don't necessarily believe the realtor that this is how the game is played right now, Mm -hmm. that you do have to go over asking if it's priced correctly and that you do have to remove some contingencies. As realtors, we don't like this market. Right. It's gut-wrenching to write an offer for a buyer with zero contingencies. And then if they get a little nervous, it's like, well, guess what? You are under contract with no way out short of losing your earnest money and then potentially a seller taking legal action. Yeah. I'm asked multiple times a week, Heather, how is this market? Are you just loving it right now? And I always struggle with how to answer that because one, I love my job. I Mm -hmm. love what I do. I love helping clients, but I'm also working with clients that are really struggling right now, you know, with finding the home, not wanting to settle, deciding if they want to rent, getting beat out, you know, maybe they have a VA loan. And so it's just been really difficult. So it's been hard, but you know, as a listing, agent. I'm going to be listing a townhome soon and I'm already getting lots of phone calls. Right. So, you right. know, it's both sides of yeah. it. I say, because I get that question every day, like you do, mm-hmm. you know, don't you love this market? I say no. No. I don't like Nashville becoming the town of the have and have nots. I don't like our industry being less collaborative than it used to be. I don't like having someone who can spend a half million dollars not be able to spend a half million dollars in this city. 
You know, it's very hard to find. It is. And I do not like these institutional buyers who've bought up the entire first-time home buyer market to create rental neighborhoods that look like the ghetto to me. I agree. So I'm very frustrated with this market. I like the opportunities that are in front of us that Nashville has to offer, but I think we need to be careful. We do. We need to be careful. And I know there's other states, and I think Canada is even looking at that, of how they can maybe slow the institutional buying that's happening. So that will be interesting to see kind of if that trickles into the U.S. Yeah. I haven't read any articles on that. I'll get with you Mm -hmm. and find those. Yeah. So anyway, okay. Well, we've changed a lot in 10 years. We've changed a lot in 10 years. But so, I said we both look great, oh, right? <laughs> we've yeah. not aged at all. It's just the market. <laughs> My hair's blonder. Yeah. <laughs> but the good things about Nashville and the market changing, we have attracted so much diversity into our city with great restaurants, with great cultural things to do with a variety of people who have differing opinions. And I love trying to understand where other people are coming from and not thinking, I know people would argue with me on this uh, saying that I have to be right, but I'm trying to really understand other people's viewpoints. And it's just been really a good thing. Mm -hmm. And on a flip side of that, I had breakfast with a woman today who, or it's a young lady that I've gotten to know over the past few years, who is leaving Nashville to take a job in all places, Detroit, Michigan. And Hmm. it's going to be a cool, cool job for her. And she's going to sell her house here and see incredible appreciation. And the house that she is hoping to buy in Detroit is in a, think East Nashville 20 years ago, when it was just starting to become really, really hip. She has an offer on a house for I think 275000 and it's a five-bedroom home. Whoa. And so to be able to leave Nashville and bank some serious appreciation from your home here, go to an emerging market like Detroit, and I think markets like that are going to make a resurgence as people get priced out of markets mm-hmm. like this. There's a really, really hot entrepreneurial spirit there. I mean, it sounds kind of exciting, especially yeah. for young people who are like, man, I, I just, there's just too much competition here. I can go somewhere else. So, I mean, that's sort of where my brain is right now is where are the next hot spots? Because Tennessee is a hot state, mm-hmm. right? They're coming not just to middle Tennessee. They're flowing into Chattanooga, Knoxville. I don't know how Memphis is doing, but, you know, these other awesome areas are getting a ton of people too. So where are people, if they leave Tennessee, where are they going? Yeah, It's just a curiosity statement. But You know, Tennessee has so much to offer with no income tax and just a great four seasons and quality Mm -hmm. of life. And I've totally segued from 2011 to 2021. But I just think of if there are exodus of people leaving here, where would they go? Where are they going? Yeah. Yeah. No, that'll be interesting to see for sure. Yeah. We're still doing the podcast in 10 years, Christy. We'll have a follow-up. That is right. (laughs) We will do our next follow-up. Actually, we should do this every, when we do our spring episodes. We should. To see where 2012 to 2022, because it'll be interesting to see where 2022 lands come January when we're seeing all the closeout numbers. Yeah, it will be. Yay. So if you guys out there have any questions at all, please do not hesitate to email us at podcast at wilsondrupperealestate.com. We'll answer any of your questions. And if you want us to create a new episode on a topic that you'd like us to go deeper on, we're always happy to do that. Thanks for tuning in. Heather and I have so much fun doing this and we hope you're getting some value of it and have a great day. Bye guys. The Wilson Group Real Estate Services is one of Nashville's top premier boutique real estate firms. 
We specialize in working with buyers and sellers for housing, investment, and commercial needs, as well as offering a full-service property management division for your investments. Check out our website today at wilsongrouprealestate.com. Hey, if you're loving the show, go find that little follow button on your podcast app. This will ensure you won't miss a single episode. Until next time. 